Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is episode 177 of the show, and this week we're talking to Rick Harrison Wolf, the executive director of North Market. And Rick has a great story and a lot of experiences that I believe we can all learn from. So uh, as always, hope you guys enjoy this episode, and we hope you learn a lot. Before we get to that episode, though, as usual, we got to take a quick moment to thank all of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that starts with Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus, and their goal is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community. Small Biz Cares members have the unique opportunity to work with like-minded businesses to raise money and participate in large-scale volunteer efforts and improve educational opportunity for youth in our community. To learn more, visit smallbizcares.org. That's smallbizcares.org. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need, including investors, mentors, capital, and talent through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And now I'm going to kick it back to Josh to tell you about our last sponsor, FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself become the fastest growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. All right, Congress, let's get the show on the road. You could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment, and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. Today on the show, we've got Mr. Rick Harrison Wolf joining us, and Rick is the executive director of the historic North Market. Annually, over 1.5 million people visit the North Market, making it one of the most successful public markets in the country and a big economic driver for Central Ohio. And many of the city's most well-known brands and food got their start at the North Market. And if you haven't been yet, we really recommend taking the time to stop by and grab a bite to eat. But we're really excited to have Rick on the show today to talk about everything the market has going on. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Rick. Thank you very much. Honored to be here. Thank you. And it's exciting to have you here and, and learn a little more about not just what's going on today, but maybe the history of the market and sure. some of those topics. But before we get into any of that, let's talk a little bit about how you arrived at the North Market. What, how'd you get involved? What were some of the paths? I mean, even all the way back to 
you know, childhood growing up, anything along the way that you feel is important? Uh, very unconventional. Uh, I, I grew up here 3 to 18. Uh, we moved here, then I went away to college, saying I would never come back to Columbus. Uh, and, and, and spent most of my time in California between now and then. Came back about seven-ish years ago. What part of California? Uh, mostly Los Angeles, a little okay. San Francisco. Chicago, I was there for a while, but mostly retail and fashion was what I did. And then um, the recession hit, and, and the company, I worked for a big, big, big shoe company. I won't give them credit on this thing, uh, but uh, started trying to figure out what to do next and came back to visit friends and saw that this is a, was a changed town. This is probably 2010, and... and Saw opportunity, and I brought a food truck here from L.A. That was what originally brought me back, which was just sort of, I hadn't worked in a few years, and uh, the food truck thing was happening in Los Angeles, and uh, I came back. It wasn't happening here yet, really, and, and that brought me back, and friends brought me back. Did you drive the food truck here? I did LA? not. It wouldn't have made it. Uh, <laughs> I say it wouldn't have made it past Palm Springs. Okay. Uh, so I had a truck here, and uh, was early on that thing, and... Loved creating it, hated doing it, and uh, ended up selling some. I mean, I created something and someone wanted to buy it, so I sold it and then was looking to leave again. And then uh, the person before me at the North Market uh, had retired, and most everything part of the, the shtick from my truck was uh, I bought spices from Ben the Spice Guy and cheeses from Mike the Cheese Guy. And so I, because I, I grew up going to the North Market in our second location, which is the one prior to what we have now. And they said, you should apply for this job. And I applied for the job. So you take off and you go to college. What do you study in college? Uh, very little. Uh, not, 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 uh, I mean, I, I, my, my big goal was to be an a, a advertising guy. Uh, so I was communications there and not, not a great student, to be quite honest. And where did you go to college at? University of Cincinnati. And so Cincinnati, after living in Columbus, just seemed like the right fit for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to go uh, a little longer distance, but I uh, went down to Cincy with some friends, went down there, and, and beautiful city, and wasn't terribly far from home, but far enough. And uh, uh, yeah, my hopes was to be a big advertising guy, and that was the goal. But I was always a fashion guy. So after school, I kind of fell into retail and fashion. And then after school, that's when you just go directly to L.A.? No, I went straight to uh, Michigan Avenue, went to Chicago for five years. Mm -hmm. I worked for Cole Hahn, uh, which I will mention their name. That's where I got my start. Working on Michigan Avenue at the retail store. They moved me to wholesale, and then they transferred me to San Francisco, and that was the beginning of California. But, uh, yeah, fashion was always sort of a passion, never something I thought I could make a living off of, I suppose. Okay, and then so you head out to L.A., what, and you come to Ohio again. Well, so I go, yeah, so... so we got more in here. Well, no, I so I, San Francisco, I get transferred there from Chicago. They say, do you want to go to New York? you want to go to California? I said, I, I've always wanted to go to California, so I went there. Uh, I worked, Cole Hahn at the time was owned by Nike, uh, and then Nike, uh, big restructure, and most every job in my life I've been restructured out of, by the way. Uh, but I, 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 they took me out there. And then I went with a small sort of startup in L.A., uh, footwear business, and uh, about a year. Didn't go so well. And then uh, Skechers, I'll throw it out there. They wanted to interview me, and I went to work for Skechers. That was my long haul in L.A. And so within that organization, you just continued to climb the ranks? Uh, yeah, I started really sort of in the, in the wholesale division, and then um, I had some ideas and, and was promoted internally and 
I oversaw the fashion uh, brands division, which was all sort of non-Skechers uh, branded things and, and licenses, and we created our own brands. And I, I, it was about $100 million worth of business. Uh, Mark Echo, Zoo York, sort of in the, in, in the heyday of the hip-hop brands and streetwear and all that was sort of my thing. So a topic I'd be interested in is, is talking a little bit about your life in Los Angeles. Um, what was going on with the food truck and maybe compare and contrast that even to your life in Columbus, like the differences that you saw between the two different cities. Huh. Two different lives, I suppose. I mean, I always, you know, I I came back here to visit friends. I really, you know, not a ton of family left here. Look, I mean, 09, 09 happened and and we had a hundred million dollars worth of business. And then sort of Skechers, which is now a $3 billion company, decided they needed to do things differently and they eliminated my division and it ended. And then I took a couple of years off because I could at the time. And I mean, there weren't a lot of jobs left in the fashion industry. I mean, there weren't a lot of jobs in 09, 2010 period. So I took time off, I came back here. I mean, and I saw the food truck, the food truck scene thing really happened in LA. I mean, that's really where it started. And I saw that happening and I, I had to figure out how to work again. And, and, you know, I came back here to visit, it wasn't happening here. And, you know, I had a lot of friends here and this place had grown a great deal. It was a different city that I left. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna buy a food truck and bring it back to Columbus. It really was that simple. It wasn't that simple, but it was that simple at the time where I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. And uh, I came back. I rented my place in L.A. and and shipped the food truck here and moved back to Columbus. What did you do with three years off? Two years off. Uh, Mostly the Bahamas. Uh, (laughs) I have a a, a favorite spot, which I still go to. Um, It wasn't the brightest thing to do on a, you know, I got a severance check. And I rented my place in L.A., so I had a little income there, but... I figured, you know what, how many times in life am I going to get to take off some time and do what I really want to do? So I moved to the Bahamas. Uh, I have a friend in London, spent time in London, just kind of enjoyed myself. And it was a scary time. I mean, it was, it was scary and it was fun at the same time. Uh, it, was it bright? It wasn't bright at all. But uh, I, don't, I, I probably won't get to do that again. So. so I'm curious from more of a psychological perspective, you know, someone who uh, climbed the ranks professionally and was very motivated in their career, to be able to, to uh, just sit back and, and take such a significant amount of time off like that and relax. Was it difficult for you to relax, or what was that experience like? Oh, it was horrible. Every day. Well, I mean, there, like I said, it was there was parts of it where, I mean, it's not like I got some golden parachute. It's just, I, I, I mean, it was, after Skechers, it was fine. I knew I could go for a while. I should have probably found work immediately, but I really said, you know what? I could probably take a little time off. And I really, honestly, it wasn't. I never stopped looking for a job, but it, it just wasn't out there anymore. I mean, I was vice president of brand development for, a, you know, a two billion dollar company, and those jobs were just not there anymore. So, you know, I, 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 I said I've got to keep looking, but at the same time, I got to try to enjoy this. It was a battle every day of my life, I suppose. It was nice to live a little, but it was. I mean, it was scary. I mean, a lot of it was very scary, you know, because I had to figure out what was next, and most days of the week I didn't know. 
it's that hard to relax feeling where you got like you're kind of feeling like oh, it wasn't, I it wasn't broke. Right. I mean, I had X amount in the bank, but I knew it would run out. Right. And, and, it's and, like and, a ticking you clock. know, and so it was, yeah, it was a ticking clock. Right. Um, but there's something about that that you know that's that's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to, uh, like I said, I, I mean, I said to myself, will I ever get this chance again to take this time off at, you know. 39 years old and kind of do the things I want to do, which is live on an island and travel a little and do this. Was it bright? Absolutely, probably not. But I did it and I lived. I lived hey, through it, and I mean, I have, I have a job, and I'm, you know, I've, I've something great happened. So, right. but that, yeah, it was crapshoot. Sure. Hey, there you go. Well, it all works out in the end, right? So, uh, well, you hope so. Yeah, you don't yeah, know, yeah. but you don't you, know. But, you, do you, you don't know, but you hope so. And I think you got to think uh, in your head that it you know, it probably will. Mm-hmm. And so for you, and you, you come back to Columbus, so when is it that you officially take over as executive director of... Uh, uh, so I sold the food truck in 2012, and then I'm ready to leave again, uh, maybe go back to L.A., just looking for work again, and that's not really happening. And so I, I'm traveling again a little bit, not as extensive as that other part. And then uh, January 2013, somebody sends me an email saying, the guy at the North Market retired, that'd be a cool job for you. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, yeah, I'm mean, sort of part of the food truck thing. I spent a lot of time there. Um, and I just throw my name in the hat, send my resume in. And, and uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's January 2013. I hear nothing till late March of 2013, which... This was kind of the case for a lot of things I had applied for. And I mean, I th- sort of thought it had come and gone. And then I get a phone call in late March of 2013. They say, well, we have four, we got 400 applicants and you're down to the final eight. So, and I honestly, I thought it was gone. It was a done deal. It wasn't happening. And then I'm the final eight. So they're like, come in, meet with our board members and the, the search committee. And uh, then it started. It was like the NCAA sort of was eight four finals and then did they put you head to head with the other applicants too never happened never saw i never knew anyone now i kind of do because i have all the records i suppose but uh no none of it was just sort of uh it was a process and then i got hired uh late april and started the job first week of may 2013. so your career is interesting most people you can kind of follow the trajectory and guess you know where they're going to end up next i mean with you it's been uh all over the place i can never guess that this is the spot you were going to end up next was the North Market. It's a full reinvention. I, none of it makes any sense. It's completely uh, unconventional. And I mean, I, I think that's sort of been my story my entire life, but I never expected this chapter. I mean, I had the small business experience with the food truck, which I think is super important because I have 35 small businesses. Now some of them not so small, but they started small. We'll call them independently owned. I mean, Jenny's is not small anymore. I mean, Bubbles, he has eight now. So I think I had that experience. And I mean, we're a nonprofit, uh, which I had zero experience, but nonprofits are, I mean, that's a tax status. You're either in business or you're not in business. Nonprofits just have hopefully a really good mission and that's the difference, but you still need to be in business. Um, A nonprofit that can't make money is no use to anyone. Uh, So. I had the corporate experience, and I had a little bit of small business experience, and I and I, preve- I, I presented a, a, a vision and a deck of what I thought, because I grew up with the market, and then I came back to a different market, and I 
sort of said, this is what I see the future of the market, uh, my vision. They liked it. Hey there, Conquerors. We're going to take a quick break in the show here to tell you about one of our sponsors, Mix Wonders. Creating a podcast is a ton of work, and a lot of heart and soul goes into your work, and that's why you want your audience to have the best listening experience possible. And that's why we work with Mix Wonders. Mix Wonders is an agency that helps podcasters like us get the most out of their audio. And whether you're spending four hours mixing your podcast each week, or you just can't seem to get the level of quality you want out of your audio, Mix Wonders makes it super simple to get pop star level audio at a low price. For a limited time, they are offering to mix your first episode for free. So just go to mixwonders.com, that's M-I-X-W-O-N-D-E-R-S.com to sign up for a free mix or consultation. Save time, sound professional, Mix Wonders. So what was that vision that you sold them on to help you land the position? I mean, at the time, I, you know, and I still have that deck and they have, it's in my file. There, there was a lot of... At the time when I started the job, I said, well, how does this place make money? I didn't even know at the time it was a nonprofit, to be honest. I mean, and that's something most people don't know. The city is our landlord and partner, uh, and we're a nonprofit that runs the market. And, and the big part of the mission is to incubate and support local independent business. That's the big part. There's a lot of other things with that. But I learned that sort of through the interview process. And so I said, well, how do, we, how do you make money here now? And like, well, it's 50% rent. It's 40% parking revenue from that surface lot uh, and 10% fundraising. I'm like, well, you're a nonprofit. I would think the fundraising should be a little more, you're counting on that parking lot a lot, it seems. And, and uh, so that, that, that was the next round of interview. I'm like, all right, well, here's things I think we can do to increase fundraising and sponsor corporate sponsorship, which obviously, you know, we're, we're part of the fabric of Columbus and I think we can get more people behind us if we tell that story. And so, I mean, there was a lot of little things, but uh, I mean, I, it's an overused word, but curating. The market was in no trouble when I got there, but I saw the opportunity of what, what it could be in my eyes. And um, I, I guess I sort of pre presented that part of that, of, of we could probably curate a little more and think what people want and need. And, and also newness is very important, and I think things hadn't changed for a while. So it's important, as being an incubator, things need to change a little. Everybody can't stay forever. There's some things I want to stay forever, like Market Blooms, our, our florist has been there for almost 30 years, and I never want her to retire or go away because there's nobody better in the world. But at the same time, there's other, we have 35 spots, they need to be people like newness. I came from retail, I came from fashion, so it's, you know, when there's something new, you're excited to go there, and that's important that we keep that going. Uh, and that doesn't mean I'm in the business of kicking people out, but it, it, it needs to stay new. We all, even if you've been there, Marty Flowers, she's always innovating her business, and she's been there the longest, and uh, everybody has to do that. That's the bar to remain there. So I, I think we just, we raise the bar of what it takes to, 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 to be there and to stay there and to get into there. And I think there's a... There because of that, because you guys go about business that way, when, whenever I walk into the North Market, there is that sense of newness. And I think, like when you walk around, it's, it's exciting because you're like, oh, hey, what's going on? Right, you always want to know, every time I go in there, I'm looking around going, what's changed? What's new? What's going on? Um, whether I'm going to Hot Chicken or you know another place in the market. And like, he was new at one time. Right, he was Not new. Not that long ago, <laughs> no, I mean, that's I mean, since me, yeah. Right, it would be, what, it was a few years ago he's yep. ever new? Yeah, he, he was, now he's uh, got, like, five he, that's another whole podcast, great story, Joe and I. I'll, 
someone said he needs a home he's got to pop up and i'd been to his place and it's going to get cold and he can't be outside anymore and i had a space that no one had ever succeeded in and i met joe and I'm like you know what all right let's give this a shot and there we have it it worked you know, out <laughs> it worked out for both of us pretty damn well so uh but no it, that's I mean, the way we have to think there though we have to you know be moving like that and uh that was an on the fly thing it's like joe's like well this looks great i'd love to be here i'm like and i'd love to have you let's make it happen and you know there wasn't any real strategery behind all of that in the last meeting i'm like i think you fit and you'll make this work right but the market is in a great spot strategically for Columbus and ha a great place to draw people to downtown. So, I mean, how is, you mentioned that previously that, you know, before when you used to go to the market, it was in a second location that, that is different from now. How have things changed over time with the market? I mean, we're talking, you know, I was, I was a kid here in the, in the, in the, in the 80s and it was in the Quonset hut, which was in the lot in front of us. And it was a three to four day a week market. And there was a lot more fresh. I mean, there was multiple butchers. There was multiple produce. The world's changed. I mean, if you're a Cleveland person, you know Westside Market, which is predominantly, you have lots of butchers, you have lots of produce. And that's, that's a tough way to do it these days. I mean, people, you know, criticize me that I've turned the place into a food court and a food hall and this and that. I've only reacted to the people that come through the doors. And I've traveled the world looking at markets. I go to conferences. This is, this is Barcelona. This is London. This is everywhere in the world. I don't dictate what's in that place. It's the people that come through the doors. Out of the million and a half, two million people coming through the doors, 40% of them are tourism and convention. They're not buying a head of lettuce. They're not buying ground beef. They, need, they, they want prepared foods. I still have, luckily, a third prepared foods, a third bakery gift, and a third prepared. So it's a little bit for everybody. West Side in Cleveland is very still fresh driven. But so if you go to Ohio City, which is a super happening place now, and in, 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 I mean, in, in Cleveland, so there's a lot of stuff going around it. You walk in, you go, it's a beautiful building, there's lots of cool stuff, and I'm not being disparaging, but it's mostly fresh. As a tourist, you're just like, this is cool, and then you buy nothing. Uh, you've got to figure out, in this day and age, a way to take everybody's money for everybody to survive. Uh, and we can't compete with supermarkets. I mean, look, Market District, right here across the way, I'm pointing that direction, they do an amazing job. I mean, there's a lot of prepared foods, they have a bar. I mean, it's a place to hang out. They're, they're knocking us off. I mean, they're doing, the, 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 they, they're doing what we do, um, and they do it well, they have a lot of money to do it. So I have to, I mean, I can't compete with that but I have to keep up with it. And so what does your day-to-day -day look like? What are the ins and outs of running the North Market? Well, that's a lot different today than it was six years when I started the job. We're opening in Dublin at Bridge Park here before June 1 of next year. I'll say pre, we're open pre-Memorial next year. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, 22 merchants, a whole nother market up there. Uh, now I'm dealing with, we're working the project in front of us. Uh, which will be a mixed-use expansion of the market, first and foremost, enhancement, expansion, and then a 26 to 8-story building. That's kind of what I deal with now. I mean, you know, we're full again. Uh, we have zero spaces available. Uh, the, the most recent three are Hoyos, um, which is the first Somalian, we believe, owned business in downtown Columbus, which I'm super proud of. Uh, Satori Ramen, which opened in, in July and then American Nut Company. Those are the last three things that opened. So 
right now we're full, so I'm kind of good there. But I mean, there's the operational stuff, which I have smart people to do that. So really, for me right now, it's a, it's 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 Dublin and and this this downtown project we're working on, getting that to where it needs to be. And timing wise, on both of those, so we're open. The Dublin one's going to open first before right? the memorial next year. Okay, that is. That is Put it, put it, write it down. It's on the podcast it, now. Right, We're right, circle it back is, around. Right, it's yeah. in stone. Yes. So no, that's exciting though. And so for the mixed use space, right? That's kind of an interesting project. I was reading up on it a little bit yep. before the interview, but can you tell us a little more about that? Kind of how that came about and and what the goal for the space is. So it wasn't really, it wasn't part of my vision when I was interviewing, but very quickly, I realized the structure. So the city of Columbus is our landlord and partner, and. The, the fear is administrations change. I mean, even though we're very important, you would think, oh, the North Market can never go away. And we've had a lot. I mean, Greg Lashuka and uh, as mayor, I, I wasn't here for that, really honestly saved the thing. when it, We were the last of four public markets, by the way. And then when the – this is pre-convention center arena. There was the fear that it was going to go away because, I mean, we're monopoly. We're, we're boardwalk. It's good, it's good land. Uh, Greg Lashuka, who still shops at the market, as a matter of fact, really – him and that administration helped save the place. Uh, and then Coleman, certainly big supporter, understood the importance. And then Mayor Ginther now, you know, we're, we're important to the fabric of, of Columbus. But I realized very quickly that if an administration that came in that didn't get it, and that real estate's very valuable, I'm just a tenant. Uh, so myself and my board started thinking about perpetuity. Uh, I want to make sure this thing's here long past us in that location, in our original location. We've always been on that footprint since 1876. So I went to Director Shoney, who's just left very recently uh, his position, but he started about the same time I did. And I said, this, this surface lot, where I, where I come from, surface lots, you know, no bueno, let's, let's do better. And let's expand this market, let's enhance this market. And he said, okie dokie, let's, let's work on that. And that led to the RFP and to where we are today, which is, you know, a whole new mixed-use project, uh, expansion of the market. So, I mean, that is, that's what will guarantee Columbus that there's a market here forever. And that's, that was my goal. And so transitioning from that, outside of what you mentioned already, what are the goals for you and your team for the foreseeable future? Well, I mean, this, this, I mean, the, the, the project here in our parking lot will be uh, uh, expansion, more public space, um, first and foremost. We weren't going to do any deal that didn't have that in it. Uh, and then you have density. I mean, so you have 170 hotel rooms, you have 150 residential and X amount of uh, commercial space. Other than the hotel rooms, everybody else has a kitchen. Some of them, have, I mean, 150 units with kitchens in front. And then you have the folks that work there that have kitchens, maybe not. They live close or somewhere close. Um, that's density for my fresh merchants. Hopefully we can reinvigorate the fresh business as I talk about Cleveland, which has lots of fresh. That's a hard, those are the hardest businesses in the market. I mean, poultry, produce, butcher, fish, cheese. Uh, this is more people, that means more business for them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's growing the market system again. That's part of Dublin also, I'll throw that in, is that if we can, we had four public markets in Columbus um, in the beginning and we're down to just us, if we can regrow that, that market system and, and you know, the, the mission of incubating and supporting local independent business, and we can keep doing that, and I can do that other places in Columbus, Central Ohio, for that matter. I'm not limiting it to, to Columbus, honestly. If we can keep this model going, 
you know, that's that's my personal goal, and, and I'd say that the, the board would support that. Uh, I mean, public markets are, uh, we, we, we have a time right now, and now's the time to, to, to really capitalize on it, I feel like. What about obstacles ahead for, for those goals? What do you see the biggest things that could stand in the way or the things that you're worried about? I mean, it's, you know, uh, you know I, I tend to try to not read the comments anymore, but it's like, where am I going to park? It's the number one question here in this town, which, look, we have more parking in our neighborhood. The building next to us has uh, the convention center garage, fr fr a county garage has 1,800 spaces that are never full. There's parking down there. People just want it real easy. But as we're a growing city, and um, I think that people have a hard time getting their arms around that. They've had it so easy for so long. I guess I came from other places where it was super hard, so it's like this is great and easy. For some that have been here a while, they, they, they struggle with that. Um, look, you got to figure out other ways to get places. Uh, and, and, and so that's a big one. I mean, there's nothing I can do about public transportation. Um, we're going to make it as easy as we can during construction of these things and with the new thing. To, so you cars aren't going away here, period. I mean, even with autonomous cars and all these things, cars aren't going away in a long, uh, not for a long time. So we have to accommodate. But there's that. I mean, it, we're, it's getting more dense. It's getting more crowded. And some people just, they, they have issue with that. And I can't do anything about that. And I'm, I'm, if you want to live in a city that's not growing and that you can park everywhere, this isn't your spot, you know, sorry. Um, it's part of the deal of growing things, and that's a good thing. We should all be proud of that. That's a big one. Um, it's probably, sadly, the biggest thing. I mean, I think with more density downtown, I mean, we're almost back to 10,000 downtown residents, and that's a big deal. I think it was as low as, like, three or four uh, at one point. There's more people moving down in this area, and, and that's great. And there's problems that come with that and maybe slows things down a little bit, but it's, it's what we're supposed to be doing as a city. I'm definitely excited to see the skyline here next 10, 20 years, how different it'll be. So I, I grew up in San Diego, though, and so I, I'm right there with you on the yeah, traffic. I'm okay, like, yeah. Anytime I hear somebody complain about traffic in Columbus, yeah, I'm like, right. This is this, we don't here. We don't have traffic, right. no, honestly. No. I, I've never, I will never, I have never and will never complain about that. We don't have traffic. This is not, not a problem Relative. yet. yet. Yeah. It's yeah. not a problem yeah, yet. Yeah. I can see it 10, you know, 20 years. That's right. Yep. I mean, you know, we're, we're growing I quickly. I mean, Atlanta's but. tough. I mean, Atlanta's the L.A. of the South, and, you know, you've got a – that's a problem. We have to – but luckily, you look at things, and hopefully we can address those things before it becomes a problem. Right. It's all perspective. It's all perspective. Yeah. And uh, I guess probably a good place to pivot towards our last question of the show here, Rick, and it is – centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, which is live uncomfortably. And <laughs> without telling you too much about why we chose that phrase for our show, what do you think of when you hear it? How does it apply to your life and career? It's all I've ever done. Uh, it's, it's, it's always been unconventional. It's never been a, it's never, I've never had a path. Um, I've had passions, some worked, some didn't. I've had ideas, some didn't, some did. Um, I mean, I, I've always lived that way, and, and, and honestly, not because I wanted to and not on purpose, but that's just, that, 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 that's what felt natural to me. Uh, I mean, look, I've reinvented myself, uh, this job from, I mean, I had mostly fashion 
for 20 some years of my life and I do this now. And, and they all kind of, at some point I can connect them. Uh, I mean, food is the new fashion, A. So there's that one. I mean, this is still retail. We're all, these are 35 retail shops that are retail folks. So I can connect it all, but, but personally, um, yeah, I've never, there's never been a path I've never been comfortable and I wouldn't have any other way. Uh, I wake up every day excited or nervous. As I said, when I was unemployed, freaked out, but you know, that's the fun of it. And then just taking that a step further, you know, has it been purposeful to live uncomfortable for you or has it just been uh, kind of way that you're wired? No, I just don't think I know any different. I think sadly or happily, that's just how I am. I, I was never meant for sort of a path and a road that you just follow and whatever that is, a banker, a lawyer or whatever. And there's nothing, a doctor, nothing wrong. Thank God for all those people. It was just never meant for me. There's, there's just a, there's a lot of shit out there. And I, 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 I always want to keep seeing that shit. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's the excitement. It's a one-way trip. There you go. I think it's a one-way trip for all of us. Yeah. yeah, well, indeed it is. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I appreciate your time, though. We really appreciate you taking the time to tell your story. It's my pleasure. And, and I'm, talk I'm, about thank you for having me, wanting yep. to hear me. Thank you. Yep, and Conquerors, thanks so much for tuning in. That was Rick Harrison Wolf. He's the executive director of the North Market. If you want to learn more about the North Market or any of the projects they've got coming up, check out the links down in the show notes. Again, appreciate you tuning in every week. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, Conquerors, that's it for the episode today. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode and learned a lot. If you did, make sure to leave a like. Share us on Facebook with your friends. We really appreciate all your support. And every time you share our podcast or leave a review on iTunes. It really does help us out. Before we let you go, we want to take one last moment to thank all of our incredible sponsors here at Conquering Columbus. And that starts with Small Biz Cares. Small Biz Cares is a nonprofit founded by socially conscious community leaders here in Columbus. And their goal is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community. Small Biz Cares members have the unique opportunity to work with like-minded businesses to raise money and participate in large-scale volunteer efforts and improve educational opportunity for youth in our community. To learn more, visit smallbizcares.org. That's smallbizcares.org. Conquering Columbus is also brought to you in part by the Sundown Group. The Sundown Group is an Ohio-based nonprofit helping connect entrepreneurs to everything they need including investors, mentors, capital, and talent through business pitch events, workshops, and classes throughout the state. And you can get more information on the web at sundownrundown.org. And now I'm going to kick it back to Josh to tell you about our last sponsor, FMX. FMX is a cloud-based facilities maintenance and management software founded and headquartered right here in Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of competitors in this space, but FMX has made a name for itself become the fastest growing facilities maintenance and management software on the market on behalf of its extreme ease of use and tailored fit approach to its clients. They serve industries ranging from education to property management, manufacturing, fast casual, and more. If you want to check out more, you can go to gofmx.com. If you could drop me anywhere on the planet in any environment and I might get you know, my head kicked in in the beginning, but I'll find a way to survive. I'll find a way to get the job done. Yeah, there's a little doubt, but you know what? Once again, I think of that guy in my ear. I think about stepping up to the stage. I think about the challenge. Like, 
I've lost sometimes, but I've won more than I've lost. And so, like, I bet on me any day. Choosing greatness. Greatness doesn't choose you. You know, you have to choose it. And, you know, it's hard. I think there was a hunger in me. There was a desire just to make a difference. There was a desire to not just be status quo, a desire to not be average. This is Conquering Columbus.